The By the Hood podcast is brought to you by the book, Own Your Time and Space, written by Corey Camp and Jimmy the Blueprint Williams. All throughout history, you will see time and space as having significant importance, but never discussed as it will be in this book. You can learn the true importance of time and space and how having a better understanding of these concepts can lead to a better life. It deals with ownership of not only your time, but the space around you. You can get your copy at ownyourtimeandspace.com or you can go right to Amazon and look up Own Your Time and Space. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood podcast or webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. We have a very special show for you this evening. I got my partner, Corey, in the building. Corey, how are you, sir? What's going on, Jim? How you feeling, man? Oh, man, I can't complain. Ain't nobody listening, man. But, you know, fair and partly cloudy out here, man. Um, Listen, it's tax season, man. 2020 tax season is upon us. So we want to have a special episode, special for a lot of reasons. This is our first return guest since we, uh, you know, launched this webcast. Um, This brother is a financial strategist, tax advisor, and we want to bring him on to ask him several tax questions that could possibly help you as you get ready to navigate. I know a lot of y'all getting y'all W-2s. It's the end of January. I know y'all stalking the, uh, the mailman and whatnot. Um, but we want to ask some, uh, some, some tax questions. I had some people send me some questions. So we're going to bring them on to have a conversation about taxes. This is our, our brother returning, Kamari Ellis. How are you, sir? The financial rebel, they call him. What's up, brothers? How y'all doing? Jimmy and Corey, how y'all doing? Oh, What's man. going on? You know, you know, it is what it is, man. I'm still trying to help the people, man. But man, y'all, y'all making me feel special out here. I'm the first returning guest. Yeah, man. Listen, this y'all, is your... y'all done had some heavy hitters on here, and I'm the first. This is your season right now, man. We don't got to bring yeah. you on for your season. I, I know this is okay. This is timing. Yeah, this this is your season. I mean, plus plus our last episode was amazing, man. You know, we always love to chop it up with you because uh, you have a lot of knowledge when it comes to investment and taxes. Um, and, and let's start with that. We mentioned it last time we had you on. But before we even get into specific questions, when we talk about wealth building, right? And I always like to ask you this because I think a lot of people miss out on this. People jump in, talk about the real estate, the stocks, the crypto, the option, all these things. All the sexiness. But uh, Yeah, but a lot of times people don't focus on taxes. So in your opinion, um, how do, what role does, do taxes play in wealth building? Man, taxes is the biggest enemy to wealth building. So if you don't have a tax plan, you don't have a wealth strategy. So I would advise everybody to be very serious about their taxes. Because when you think about it, you know, the average, well, I won't say the average, but you know, tax rates 25% for federal income tax. We're in Pennsylvania. So you got 3.07% right there. If you work in our lovely city of Philadelphia, that's another almost 4%. So right there, we're knocking on 35%. Let's not add up real estate tax, sales tax, those little special funky taxes on your cell phones. You know, when you go buy a hot dog, there's tax on everything. Um, so it behooves you to be very aggressive, legally, be legally aggressive about reducing your tax bill. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, sometimes people say, well, that's only when you get to a certain level, should you worry about a tax plan when you got a couple million? But and, and, yeah, I'm pretty sure you agree with this. Everybody should have a tax plan, right? Yes, sir. It might be more simplistic uh, as you're at a lower tax bracket um, because you're eligible for a lot more credits and the benefits. Um, But as you rise in in economic status, there's also other things available for you as well. So in my opinion, anytime when you see the government just misappropriating funds all the time, just losing money, people just, you know, we got the president gotten people going to spend the night at his hotel you know, and using government resources for that. That's misused money. The money not going to help the people. If the money was really going to help the people, then I would say, hey, pay as much as possible. But that's not the case. Yeah. You know, the, the famous Tupac song or line, they got money for war, we can't feed the poor. This I mean, true. that's real. So if our money was really going to feed the poor, then it would be a different situation. But that ain't the case. We know it ain't the case. So be very aggressive about reducing your tax bill. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people get caught up in, in not even understanding that a lot of things that go on um, within the courts, um, within the government, that that's your money that's using. Like, a lot of people don't like they dis- disassociate themselves from it and don't recognize that, yo, that's our money going to yep. work for whatever it may be. Everything from the police officer, everything from the firefighter, 
um, many of the hospitals that are being operated out here to president, judges, social yeah. workers, the whole nine. People, we that's your them. money. <laughs> yeah. That is your money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but let's get into some questions. I got, I got some questions here that uh, people sent me in because, you know, it's tax season. Um, there's been a lot of talk about the W-4, right? So um, a couple questions about the W-4. Um, before you get into the changes, what exactly is a W-4? And people ask if you – I guess the, the new question about the changes – may actually answer the second question. But someone asked me, once you fill it out, is it possible to change it in the middle of the year and should you? Um, Yes, you can change it. You should change it when your status changes, right? So for example, let's say you were single, you had a fiance, then y'all jump the broom and y'all get married. That's a reason to change. If you have a baby. Well, step back real quick. Before you get into that, what is a W-4 for for those, like people that may not have any knowledge? What exactly is I'll give you the official title. It's the employee's withholding allowance certificate. Okay. The W-4 tells your employer, if you are uh, self-employed, you don't have to worry about this. If you're a business owner, you don't have to worry about this unless you are on your own company's payroll. But it's basically telling, uh, it's giving instructions to your employer of how much federal wage tax you want to pay. Okay. At the end of the day, that's that's what it's telling. Okay. Okay. And you're saying that you can change it. Like if you have a change in status. So if you get married or right. say you have a kid, if you have a kid, could you change it if you have a kid? Yes. You can change okay. if you have a child. Um, there's a lot of different reasons why you might change. I've heard people talk about being strategic. Like, and, I, and again, this is like, I don't know whether they should be or not, but I've heard someone say I that. It was coming. Yeah. 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 They say, I do three months this, six months that. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know whether you can do that. Like, you know, it's not my field of expertise. I mean, listen, you can do it. Um, they used to do it a lot more or was a lot easier to do back in the day. Um, people would claim nine children. They single or they married. They got nine children. So then that way, none of the money is actually, no real money is coming out of their paycheck. But what people don't realize is the government got slick to that. See, the IRS aren't dummies. So they send out what's called lock, lock-in letters. I want to say lock-in letters. The IRS will automatically tell your employer to hold, withhold this amount of money from your check if they see that you are abusing that privilege. Ah, uh, so it's a cat and mouse game, basically. Uh, yeah, yeah. But you can, uh, listen, if you get into a tight jam and you need some extra money, you need some extra cash, you can, you can adjust it. Um, you can be a bit more aggressive for it after, before the last tax change. But, you know, now it's it's not as easy. You can still do it, but it's not as easy. Um. So here's my question. What about this new news? I saw like a lot of times you see things online. You don't know what's true or not, but you know, people, and sometimes people um, read into things and just, you know, try to cause controversy about the W4 saying that it doesn't matter whether you uh, claim children in your W4 now that like with the new laws, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Okay. It it doesn't matter because when they put through the, uh, well, I'm trying to think of the law, the tax jobs and cuts act, which went into effect last year. Um, basically got rid of all exemptions, right? Which basically your kids. Um, you can only get some of the benefits for kids, like earned income credit, um, daycare credit, educational credit if they're in college. But but when you um but when you are like before, if you had a large family, mm-hmm. you would get like two thousand dollars for each person that you were claiming, each one of your dependents. So it, it put a hampering on those big families. But what they did on the back end is that they increased the the standard deduction. So if you're single, you now get $12,200 for standard deduction. If you're married, it's doubled, right? You're married filing jointly, that is. It's now $24,400. Um, I can't think of what it's married filing separately right mm-hmm. now. And if you're head of household, when you, you know, you run your household and you have a child or a parent, that you're taking care of or a family member, that's like 18350 okay. Before, it was much lower. So before, you got your standard deduction and you got to claim all your kids. So if you got like six kids and you claim them all, you was eating. Yeah, <laughs> was yeah. Good. And then plus, it, it helps with earning your credit. But all right, now, now, it, it's not the same. Okay. Let me to another question you just brought up because that was a question that we got in. Um, if married, right, you can file jointly or you could file married uh you know filing separate right it, what is the advantage of of either one of those or, or or you know what's the difference why would you do one versus the other so well let me back up right so it's tax season right 
and what is tax season? Basically, tax season is like the end of the year report card for your earnings that you got to turn into the government. And so the government wants to see what you've been doing all year long. And if everything kind of adds up together, you got to reconcile that, that number. I hate using that term because it's such a technical term, but IRS wants to see if what you did all year long will actually line up with you being married or with you being single and with how many kids you might have. So it, it really plays a big difference. So if you're married and you're following jointly, they tend to take out less money out of your check throughout the year. If you're single, they, t- they tend to take out more money throughout the year. But the question is, you know, when people get these big refunds, my question is, what could you do better with that money throughout the year as opposed to letting Uncle Sam, who was nobody's favorite uncle, hold that money throughout the year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's sort of like, and I think a lot of people don't recognize that either. When you get those refunds, that was your money they were holding anyway. Right. But so people, even, do it, yeah. people do it as a forced savings kind of, kind of way. But I don't know that they're really cognizant and really thinking about it being a forced savings where the government's holding your money. Got you. Is there any advantage to being married and following married and separate? Not really. Um, I, I take that. There is, but they're in very extreme situations. Okay. For example, let's say, you know, Jimmy, I don't know what your status is. I'm married. All right. All right. So I can't, Corey, you married too. So I can't use this. Um, but yes, I can marry. So let's say both of y'all married, right? Mm-hmm. Y'all did some flips. Y'all made a whole bunch of money, mm-hmm. and and you're going to owe, and you're not prepared to owe. But y'all wives know that y'all ain't the best people with money, and so they say, you know what? I don't want to be messed up in your stuff and your nonsense. Got you. But we gonna file marriage separately because in that way, you separate the tax burdens. Got but you. in doing that, you lose you lose a lot of opportunity, you lose a lot of benefits and credits or potential credits that you could take advantage of. But it's nothing wrong with doing that though, is it? No, there's nothing wrong with it. Actually, sometimes when you start dealing with like IRS debt and resolving IRS debt, mm-hmm. um, which is something I'm really starting to do a lot more of now, it it actually can help the person. Okay. Uh, especially if you file something because it just makes things a lot easier and it, it gives you a better footing when you're looking to dispute things against the IRS. So, you know, it, everything is different for everybody. There are no cookie cutter strategies though. Okay, it's, cool. It, it's, there's no good and no bad. Okay, I got you, got you, got right. you, got you. Um, another question was, um, like, so the question was, what are the advantages of being a business owner? And the way it was phrased to me is everyone always talks about, you gotta have a business, it helps you with your taxes. You gotta have a business, it helps you with your taxes. Like, um, so I guess the, keep it simple is there any truth to that and what advantage like should everyone have a business like even if i don't you know i don't plan on growing this business or scaling this business should i have one anyway would it help me tax wise so that that's always a tough tough question for me to answer right because there's so much job shaming going on out here um but yeah i think everybody can have a business or should have a business because it does help with the taxes um even if you work a nine to five and you got a side also where you fried chicken or bake cakes, right? One, it's an opportunity to bring in more money into the household. Two, you now get to write off some things that you weren't able to write off before when you're just a plain old nine to five employee. If you use your cell phone, right? You're taking orders on your cell phone. Well, now you get an opportunity to write off a portion, not the entire thing, but a portion of your cell phone bill, right? Everybody's got one. Why not write off some of it while you're in the process of trying to make money? You know, if you if you if you work out of your home and you have a home based office, you have an opportunity to potentially write off a portion. Again, not all of it. Some of these bootleg and jackleg people are telling you to write off all your house. (laughs) A portion of your house. All right. You can write off a portion of your mortgage or your rent, potentially your real estate tax, your utilities, cable bill, so forth and so on. Um, you wouldn't have that if you're a regular nine to five employee. Matter of fact, even under the new tax jobs and, and cuts act, they got rid of what's called all the miscellaneous expenses before you get right off things like working at home and stuff like that. Can't do that anymore. They got rid of all that. You know, even folks that are in the union that want to write off the union dues can't do that anymore. Wow. They got rid of all that. So now, you know, I always tell people the biggest tax break is being a business owner or an investor, and especially a real estate investor. Because the big secret in real estate, especially if you buy and hold, 
is depreciation. I ain't going to talk about it too much, but Jimmy knows what it is. Yes, sir. Corey knows what it is. But, you know, those are some of the things that you really get to take advantage of. And so it's better to be a producer, investor, than it is to be a consumer, i.e. a business owner versus just a plain old nine-to-five employee. You know, what's interesting about that, right? I, I was I was looking at something today. I was looking at how um the deferred compensation, like, limit went up again. And it, like, shocked me. I didn't know. I just happened to be reading something. Like, it went up again. And I feel like they're telling us, like, with these tax law changes and with them continuously increasing, like, you know, um, deferred compensation limits, they're telling you, basically, you better take care of yourself, right? So um, they're giving you all the uh, advantage you need to know. Um, I'm not going to get into Social Security and all that, but it just, it's, just, it's just interesting to me that when you see these limits go up, the Roth went up a couple of years ago, like, everything's they're, they're giving you um, more opportunity to take care of yourself, to do for self. Right. I mean, the, the tax law basically tells you what to do. Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, I mean, I, I do, because you asked me another question, and I don't feel like I answered. You said, should everybody be a business owner? What I meant by that is not necessarily, because, I, I, you know, I'm not in the job shaming either, because my thing is, again, going back to the cash flow quadrant, what I recognize by reading that book is, right. it's all about being strategic. You can operate from any of them as long as you're always in the eye. So even if you have a job, like who am I to tell someone who has a job making five hundred thousand dollars, like, but you don't work for yourself, like, dude, you make five hundred thousand dollars and you got a portfolio of eight million, like, who am I to tell you that that's stupid? Right. Like, it's all about it's all about everybody always operating in the eye. But my question was, is if you are an employee, could you just have a little side hustle that could help you tax wise and but also bring in more income? So you did kind of answer it though. Okay. All yeah, right. like you can you can fry chicken or sell cakes, just right. do anything on yeah. the side, but it, it can also be something real simple. But it opens up other things for you. And, and that's, I think that was a great answer, actually, because and your example was great, too, because, you know, I might sell a couple platters in a weekend, but that opens up me to be able to write, you know, write off my cell phone. Right. If you like me, I, I love the grill. Right. Um, I don't have a grill right now and I'm feeling a little out of sorts. <laughs> but if, if, if I start catering, I could go buy me a grill and I could justify because I want this real expensive one and I could write off a portion of that for my business. That leads me to the next question, which is a funny question someone asked. They said to ask you, what is the craziest thing you've ever seen someone try and write off? Where you just like, look, come on, man, cut it out. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I know you can give it like personal information to your client. I'm talking about nah, but I mean, I got examples. But the, What's the example of something that someone tried to write off when you just like, you're like, come on, dog. Uh, I mean, it's kids. Um, somebody could be with 15 kids or something. <laughs> So listen, I, I mean, last episode we talked, right, and I told you how I was never really super gung-ho about tax business. Part of the reason why is I had this really bad experience when I was running my dad's office. I had a young lady, she had been a client of mine for years. I thought we were friends. Um, but every year she would like pop up with new kids. And so the third year, you know, I started to dig in a little deeper because it was always like the story of, my aunt got sick or my sister got sick, so I'm taking care of their kids. And so I try not to be as judgmental as possible. Like, I, I know people go through stuff. So I didn't really look at it that deep, like, year one or year two. And then year three, the universe kind of just told me to ask the follow-up question. I was like, well, is this kid, your kid, a foster child? Did you adopt him? She was like, a foster child. I was like, okay, well, where's your paperwork? She had no paperwork. And I'd already did the tax return. And so we wind up getting into, I, I want to call it a quasi-fight, pseudo-fight, because she called her boyfriend. Her boyfriend comes to my office screaming and hollering. He comes in like he wants to attack me. Um, called my employee at the time, the B-word. Um, I mean, I wind up paying him to leave and just, just getting out of my face. But that really set me back in terms of the business because mm -hmm. I didn't like that experience. And so to me, that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen, but people are always trying to write off um, meals, right? Like meals, like that they went to McDonald's on their own. <laughs> so the, the, listen, the rule is you can have a business meal, right? You get to write off 50% of that meal. Okay. Because the meal is supposed to be for you and at least one other business associate talking client. about business. 
I remember Kyle Barker on Living Single. They was out in the restaurant, and he was like, you know, um, y'all saving money? And they said, yeah. He was like, cool, this is a write-off. <laughs> <laughs> he just asked him, y'all saving money? They said, yeah. He was like, cool, this is a business lunch. But um, Okay, I got to go watch it. I remember that one. Yeah, it was on Living Single. I, I'm, yeah. you know, that was my thing. That's kind of dope. <laughs> yeah, that, was my yeah. thing. that was my thing back then, Living Single. But anyway. No, I, um, I mean, as a sidetrack, I just watched Erica Campbell talk about how Living Single was actually the inspiration for Friends. I didn't know that. I did. I did. They, 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 yeah. that's, another, that's another thing that they took from, you know, but that's either here or no. That's a whole other thing. But it's interesting because when you think about it, the whole show is actually modeled after. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's as an aside. But no, yeah, that's, that aside. reminded me of that when you said that because right. I always find that clip funny because he literally just asked him, we're out at lunch. He was like, are y'all saving money? Because he was a banker. And they right. said, yeah, we're saving money. He was like, this is a write off. <laughs> right. But anyway, um But yeah, you're only supposed, you can only write off fifty percent of the tab, right? And and one of the things people do is they like you said, it is go to McDonald's. I mean, I literally had a client the other day say, I took myself to lunch and I'm doing work at my business lunch. I said, But it's you, you would have to feed yourself anyway. The IRS knows that. So when you bring me this ten dollar bill from McDonald's, nobody's really going to believe that if you ever get ordered. So, you know, I see that a lot. Um, and then sometimes I see people like go to bars, right? Because I go through people's books, right? I see them going to bars. I'm like, this ain't a business expense. This you out <laughs> kicking it with the homies or with some shorty that you try yeah. to jerk off with. But you know, it's, it's it is what it is. They try it though. Yeah, they at try. Least, it. <laughs> it's funny how all your questions like are leading to other questions that people ask. Which was one was um about audits. How do audits work? Are there, is there like one audit that everybody goes through? Or are there different types of audits? Oh man, well, I, there are different types of orders. I actually did a, uh, I did an interview with an ex-IRS agent and she broke down all the audits for me. Like there's a correspondence audit when um, they just send you a letter and you have to respond. Um, sometimes, uh, I think they call them field audits when revenue officers and agents will stop by your, your place of business or your house. Um, and the crazy thing is, right, audits have been down for a while and actually, audits have been really focused by the IRS. Audits have really been focused on the poor folks or the less economically, um, the wow. more economically challenged. Why is that? Um, simply put, the poor folks don't have the ability to, to challenge. That's yeah, they don't, they don't fight back. Right, yeah. they don't fight I mean, back. I don't know why I asked the question when I could ask, but I mean, to me, that makes no sense business-wise. Like, I mean, that, what are you getting out of that? That's, that's, that's part of it, but that's changing. That's changing, so... IRS has got a new commissioner. The IRS commissioner has stated that they're going back to enforcement. Matter of fact, today I was talking to another fellow accountant. Um, they had one of their clients got a not got a, a, a IRS revenue agent by and see them. Wow. And so enforcement is coming. I mean, there's a lot of people that owe the IRS money and they come to collect. So my advice is that anybody that owes bread. To yeah. the IRS. Don't R. ignore R. the letters. Erwin R. Scheister coming at you. Listen, <laughs> in, in, in the movies and pop culture, they make it seem like um that's what all the audits are. Like somebody gonna be knocking there's a whole team of people knocking nah, at your door, like you know, and they yeah. pulling up in suburbans, you know what I mean, with the earpieces. That's how that's how it is in movies and pop culture. But right. I, in my ex see my I've never been ordered, but I have people that have been ordered and they told me like they just got a letter and had to send something in and that was it. I was like, yeah. Oh that's you know. probably the more popular Yeah, part. that's not how it is in the movies, but you know. Yeah. That's why, you know. Okay. But I would say don't ignore the letters, handle them, respond to them. But yeah. going back to what you said, yes, most of them a lot of times are correspondence audits. Anybody can get audited, right? So sometimes people like to blame their tax professional for the audit. Sometimes they randomly pick people to be audited. Okay. Um, sometimes they'll go through in random areas and they'll pick them. So, um, it's, so it could be random. Yeah, it could be random. You can also draw red flags. Like, yeah. for example, if you made $20,000 in your business and you consistently say that you have like $200,000 in loss, <laughs> uh, you, you, you probably asked them for it. And like, that's interesting though. Cause I know what the software is these days. They tell you when you're like, you know, when, when you basically, yeah, like why would you to put it, to put it in Philly term, they tell you when you're drawing, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. They yeah. tell you, they tell you like, yo, you're doing too much, but, um, but the problem, the problem is with the software is like, let's I'll just say it, TurboTax. They go through and they ask you a bunch of questions, but sometimes people don't know how to answer the questions. And so I fix people with TurboTax problems all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and there's nothing wrong with TurboTax. Um, and even if you don't make a whole lot of money, there's other 
low income sites out there called the Vita program that you can get that you can get your taxes done for free. But again, a lot of times people don't realize that they're making a mistake. Yeah. And they think that it, I mean, I'll, I'll keep it very funky with you. Some tax returns are very simple. Mm-hmm. Some people shouldn't pay to get their tax returns, especially if they can read and they can count. Yeah. It's not rocket science. Yeah. However, once you start getting into the business and some of the rental properties and some of the trading and things like that, it gets a bit more difficult. But if you're a college student and you just have a, you made five grand and you made a paid 4,000, excuse me, 400 in taxes that year, you probably can figure out how yeah. to do tax returns. And you can't even really go by like um, income either, right? So I was talking to a gentleman who um, worked at one of the, um, like Jones Lang LaSalle, one of the big commercial real estate guys. Right. He makes, makes a nice piece of change. He makes like 200 and some change, but he literally has his salary, his mortgage deduction, and that's it. Like, so because we're talking about taxes, he was like, I don't have anything. Like, I don't have a, like, he right. don't doesn't have anything. Like, right. so for him, it's just, you know, it's, it's very simple. Right. He's but, a um, guy that should go sell chicken on the weekends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he gets some deductions. <laughs> yeah, but, but um, know, there are a lot of people like that. I actually, he's a high income earner. People ask me all the time, "I'm a high income earner. What should I do? You know, how can I strategize around that?" I say, start a bit. Think about starting a business because everybody don't want to start a business. Yeah, everybody don't want the responsibility. You know, potentially buy some real estate, max out your 401k. Um, you know, potentially look at life insurance or put money away so you don't get taxed on it. There's a, there's some things you can do. But the majority of the advantages go to business owners, investors, and like I said, especially real estate investors. Yeah, yeah we're going to get to that too because that's a great point. Um, a couple more questions. We got a couple more questions left. Um, oh, we good. You asked about the audits. Um, someone said if you have a business, you have the ability to pay quarterly. Like, what are the benefits of doing that um, versus just uh, paying annually or, or doing what it is? Is there any like special advantage of doing a quarter? Well, you're, you're complying with the law if you pay it. So they're talking about paying estimated taxes quarterly, right? Mm-hmm. So the IRS wants people who are in business or real estate or might have had a, a huge lump sum to pay their taxes quarterly um, because the IRS, you know, again, we fund the government. Um, we don't. The government doesn't want to wait on their bread, their money. They want it now. Pay me now. All right, so you can do that. I actually advise, especially some of the smaller, like 1099 people mm-hmm. who are getting money that don't have a lot of infrastructure to pay monthly because people tend not to be able to hold on to large, large portions of cash without spending it mm-hmm. on inappropriate things or the wrong things. Mm-hmm. So I tell them to try to get it out of their pocket and pay it monthly. Um, yeah, you, you should pay it. The IRS will actually give you a penalty if you don't do quarterly payments and they see you have you know a lot of money coming through that should have been taxed throughout the year because it's 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 not a large penalty but it's still a penalty why pay it if you don't have so Um, you're saying that you so technically speaking you're supposed to pay quarterly taxes yes you're generating income okay all right so so so, all right man i didn't even know that myself like yeah like i own own businesses but i pay annually like i don't you know what i mean like yeah, well, tell, when when you look on your form, you'll see that there is, if you didn't pay, there's a little penalty there to do it. Interesting. Plus, plus it's, it's good planning, right? Yeah. You don't want if you're not doing any other, other, you know, tax write-offs, retirements, one of the bigger ones. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not keeping good books, you don't know what your what your profit is. It kind of behooves you to pay off some of that debt throughout the year. Okay. All right, yeah. man. Um, and that leads to uh, one last question, but I have an add-on to that. But this last question, because you just mentioned something, and it, the last question was actually about a 1099 employee. And the question was, if you're getting paid and they're not taking federal withholdings or anything of that nature, what percentage of the income should you be putting up for taxes? So uh, my rule of thumb is 30%. I know sometimes that's a little hard for people to do, um, but I'll say 30%. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, at the end of the year, they're going to they're going to want you to reconcile. They want to want you to do your tax return, and you don't want to wind up owing um, at the end of the year when you bust it right after Christmas. So 
I, I would say 30%. Got you. So another question that I just thought of as I was talking to you. So I know you have a lot of um, knowledge and reference to investments. Um, and I know you're a stock market guy. You know, some guys are stock market guys. Some guys are real estate guys. Um, and listening to you I've talk. done it all, but yeah, I prefer the stock market. Yeah. And listening to you talk, it just occurred to me, right? So you have traditional IRA, Roth IRA, whatever it may be. Um, but does it does it make sense to max out, say, a 401k or deferred comp or something that will lower, um, not necessarily lower your income because it's still coming, but it's coming out of your gross. Does it make sense to max that out first before you start to fund an IRA? Um, would that help you tax wise? Right. Uh, now, I know. I know that you can write off a traditional on your taxes versus a Roth. Right. And just something. And listen to you well, speak. Well, some, sometimes you can write off a traditional. Okay. But if you already have a pension or four hundred one k plan, you can't. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's double dipping. Um, but. So hold on. You're saying that if you have. Um, when you say pension plan, you mean a four hundred one k pension or just a regular pension plan, like a government pension Both. plan? Both. So if you so if you have a government pension, mm-hmm. I gotta go read the statute again. But okay, if you already have a retirement plan in place, you usually do not get the tax deduction for the IRA. Oh, interesting! Didn't know that. Either. I'm learning all kinds of stuff. This is yeah. this is this is interesting. I Here's the thing. I, I, I have a, I have a question too. Um, I know a lot of people who do uh, high frequency trades. Um. As far as the stock market, what would you suggest for those kind of people for uh, doing their taxes? Um, well, they should be good um, because your broker should have all your records. They'll get a bunch of 1099Bs. Um, I'm always curious about because they're, if they're high frequency, they're using a computer and an algorithm. So is it them doing it or are they actually using a computer and an algorithm? I, I know bo- I know both kinds. Okay. So I know people who are doing five to six trades a day on their own. And okay. then I know some people who are using a computer. Uh, both. Right. Yeah. Well, in either rate, you can, you can, there's a lot of write-offs you can take advantage of. And if you're just a cat, cause you can be a professional trader. And when you're a professional trader, then you're treated like a business owner instead okay. of more of a passive one. But when you're a professional trader, you get the write-off just like a regular business. owner. Okay. You, you get the write-off. Everything that's a, that with Ira says what's ordinary and necessary to run your, for your yeah for your business right yeah but, yep. but getting back to my question though just just all right because I'm thinking things through as you give me more information does it make so that in, in that case it still makes more sense if you if you are employed and you have the option of a 401k or a 403b or 457 or one of those deferred compensation plans it sounds like it makes sense to put as much in that as possible before you even get into any other investments. Sometimes. So again, you know, somebody tried to call I know, it's not a one-size-fits-all thing. Right, and they'd be mad. They'd come, are you always say it depends, it depends. Well, it does. And yes, that's my favorite answer, it depends. But I'll say that sometimes I tell people not to invest in their 401k. So if you don't, wow. have, okay. well, if you don't have a lot of cash, and you're like really struggling paycheck to paycheck. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I've run into a lot of those. And if you're putting all your money into this retirement vehicle, and if you have an emergency, you're going to have to pay the penalty to pull it out. And so you're creating a, you're creating a tax burden for yourself. Yeah. So, yes. but you know, I just wanted to list that caveat. But yeah, most times I would say put money, especially if you're a high income earner, put money into your 401k first because it's going to help bring down your tax bill. Plus, your money gets to grow tax-free. You do have to pay money, uh, pull it out later on, and you might want to look at some other strategies like back backdoor IRA, uh, Roth IRAs and things like that. But for the most part, yeah, I would say max out your 401k if at all possible. I do have a, a, another question about the Trump tax law, but you just brought up another question. And, and, and people I talk to in the financial services industry, man, they either they either love it or they absolutely hate what I'm getting ready to ask you, but I want to see your opinion uh, on this. Oh, I thought you said they love or hate. No, no, no. Here's, here's, here's what I'm getting ready to ask you. What is your opinion on using insurance as a way to help you? Um, well, first of all, using insurance as an investment, which is one question, um, and to help you in terms of your tax strategy. It depends. <laughs> how, did I know you were going, how did I know you were going to say that? Yeah, I mean, you set me right up for that, right? So, I'll say this, you know, people have brought up a load of insurance for me when I used to sell it. Um, I've done all kinds of things with it. 
people have used it as investment tools. Um, some of my financial coaching clients, I recommend it to them um, when um, when it's appropriate, when you have adequate adequate cash flow. Um, it could be it can be a good use for retirement savings. Um, there's a lot of people out there now promoting using life insurance to create your own bank, which can be good or bad depending upon the individual situation. Um, I see sometimes people um, pitching build your own bank to people that are making like $30,000 a year. <laughs> they don't realize that again, again, you're putting just like the retirement the 401k scenario, you've got these people who don't have a whole lot of cash putting their money into a vehicle where they might get charged a surrender charge, right? So basically if you put $100 in, you can only pull out like $95 or $94. And, you know, just ratchet that up to whatever level you've already put into it. And you have to, you're subjected to that over a number of years. So again, you got to be really careful. But if you've got great cash flow, you've got great savings. Absolutely, it can be used as an ultimate savings vehicle. And I mean, if you look at it, um, I wrote a piece. A lot, of, a lot of big institutions have used life insurance, cash value life insurance mm-hmm. to, um, to uh, either sustain their operations or get their operations started. I knew Ray Kroc, um, the big promoter of McDonald's, mm-hmm. and he stole it. He stole it from the Kroc brothers. The, 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 the founder. <laughs> yeah, the founder, right? Um, but he used his cash value life insurance to keep McDonald's up and going at one point. Yeah. And there yeah. were several others who have done the same as well. So again, I mean, but I think first and foremost, when we talk about life insurance, Let's get to its intended use. Its intended use is to replace income of a loved one that may not come home tonight or tomorrow. Um, if it's, goddamn, if it's like a Kobe Bryant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or if it's like any other people that fell in that, in that helicopter crash. Yeah. You know, and that their family can be taken care of because they're missing an income after, you know, someone passes away. It's, it's, it's important. Yeah. Do that first. Before you do all the other fancy stuff, like, like people don't like me a lot of times because I'm talking about sticking to the fundamentals, right? And they say, well, well they don't want that. They want the fancy stuff. They want the yeah. stuff. They right, want. They the- say, well, Kamara, you the finance rebel. You're supposed to be talking about the sexy stuff. Yeah, but listen, you can't do the sexy stuff until you got a foundation. Get your foundation first, and then let's be sexy all day. People long. get on me when I talk about like when I talk about my portfolio, and I tell them how boring like most of my holdings are. You know what I mean? Because I don't have the flashy tech companies or the IPOs. I don't do all that. You know what I mean, so I, I understand what you mean. Like, right. tell them what Warren Buffett says. I want to <laughs> invest in a company that can be run by a monkey or a bologna sandwich. Absolutely, yeah. I, and I love my dividends. But but That's now, right. um, it's interesting you say that though, because that is the intended use of life insurance. But a, a lot of times, and, and and one of the reasons like we like to have our platform is that there's so many like games out there that are being played and people are a part of, whether they like to know it or not. And a lot of times we don't know the rules. So a lot of times people don't understand that there is a way to be strategic with life insurance and use it, um, you know, but it's not for everybody. Like you said, it's someone who has cash flow or high income, not someone who's living check to check per se. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I'll say this because you asked about business owners earlier. Normally you cannot write off life insurance. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you're a business owner and you're like a solo business owner, or maybe you and your wife, there's a way to write off life insurance. But right. a lot of you don't know that. So, you talking about like, what's the key person's insurance? Nope, nope. Oh, okay. I ain't giving that away today. I ain't oh, away. okay, okay, okay. Gotcha, I'll, say, gotcha. I'll say this. If you if you buy life insurance through a retirement plan, it then becomes tax deductible. Got you, got you. And There's so many different like strategies yeah. out there Um, with, with insurance, with like the whole idea of deferred compensation. But you're right. You have to have your fundamentals together. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Man, you gave us a lot of information, a lot of gems, and I learned I learned a lot myself. And I want to say thank you for that. But the main question that people ask are Trump's tax laws. If you can kind of surmise what that did, um, and maybe give us a negative and a positive. Like, is it all negative, or is there some positive to it? It's funny. I got asked this question last year on uh, on ten, and I've been thinking about using that footage because they only put like thirty seconds of me up there. And I didn't really get a chance to put out exactly what I wanted to say. So I'm glad you asked me that question. So it's good for corporations. It's good for the uber rich. It's halfway good for the poor. The people in the middle are getting screwed royally, 
right? They lost, they're only able to write off, it's called salt, right? So they're only able to write off $10,000 of their state and local tax. Within that state and local tax, you're going to talk about real estate taxes as well. So if you make $100,000 a year, which you're not poor, but you're not rich, and you live in a house that might be worth, I don't know, $150,000, $200,000, $300,000, mm-hmm. your, your real, between your real estate tax and your state and local taxes, you're paying more than $10,000. So you're losing part of that benefit. Um, again, if you're, I talked about this earlier, if you have a big family, you know, you got five, six kids, you lost some of those exemptions. They did increase the standard deduction, right? And um, that helps a lot of people at the lower end that, that don't own homes. And let me back up, right? Because you can have a standard deduction and you can have an itemized deduction. Um, the, so the salt in all of that, what I'm talking about, the $10,000, that comes into play when you have an itemized deduction. You get an itemized deduction or you, you can be eligible to itemize your deductions by exceeding your standard deduction. So like I said, a single person standard deduction is $12,200. A married person standard deduction is $24,400. So your itemized deduction doesn't come into play until after you exceed those levels. Okay. So Trump made it harder to exceed those levels, but at the same time, it's kind of a good thing too for people at home who don't have a whole lot. If you don't go to church, right, or, or the mosque or a synagogue, and you don't contribute a lot of money to charitable organizations at college or, you know, like the United Way or something like that, because those are things that are itemized deductions. Um, that, that's, that's one of the things. Um, now, um, my question is, did it, did it simplify the taxes, uh, tax code at all? Because I know uh, that's one of the things that uh, him and his... About the whole postcard? Yeah, the whole thing was they trying to simplify it. Did it? No, I, I, I don't think so. I, and most of my other tax advisor friends don't don't feel that way either. Okay. Um, so now we have more forms, right? So before you just had a basic 1040 form and then you had like some of your other supporting forms like your Schedule A when you're itemizing deductions, your Schedule C, if you're a business owner, your Schedule E, if you have rental property or royalties. Now you have like Schedules 1, 2, 3, and 4 and you still have Schedule A um, C, D, and E, and all that other stuff. So they, in my opinion, they made it more complicated. Oh man, um, I, I was I was for Herman Cain when he said nine nine nine. We gonna really simplify this thing. Everybody just pay nine 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 nine. Anyway, Herman Cain was never gonna win, but that's all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember him saying that we are gonna simplify. He said it's he said it's way too complex. Nine nine nine. That's everybody. Hey, hey listen, that, I mean, people don't understand this, and my taxpayer friends hate me when I say this, but. My job wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the government. My business wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the government. Government can make tax preparations so easy because they got all the numbers anyway, or they got the majority of the numbers. So they can send you a preformed, uh, a pre pre-filled form, and we can do that. That's what most developed nations do. And it can save a lot of people money, but guess what? The accounting and tax uh, lobby is about very to lobbyists. Strong. Not lobbyists are not going for that. What's That's the right. big, what's the big one? K, KPMG, whatever the big one is. Well, KPMG is an accounting firm, but there, there's a lot of them. There's yeah. a lot of them. Okay. Well, you're talking about Cake Street. Cake yeah. Street, you see. Because it used to be what yeah. they used to be the big five or something like that. Yeah. And, and well, that's start, accounting firms. Accounting firms. Not, what I'm saying they, they, but they, yeah, but what I'm saying is those accounting firms are the ones that fund a lot of the lobbyists. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and it was the big eight. The um, big eight. What's yes. it down to now? Because I know they were swallowing each other up. So what's it down to now? The big three or the big four. Sheesh. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them died through scandals, right? So if you remember yeah. Enron, if you remember Ron, um, uh, Arthur Anderson got beat up pretty bad in that one. Um, there, there was a lot of them. A lot, yeah. A lot of A lot of greedy people out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're saying greed isn't good. So I love the line in Wall Street where he says greed is good. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite movies, but typically, no, greed sucks. Yeah, no, I'm just being smart, man. <laughs> Listen, man, um, I just want to say thank you. You're giving us a lot of knowledge this evening, man. I got a lot of game myself, a lot of things I, I just didn't know. And that's the thing, like, that's not my specialty, right? So everybody has that. So even if you're in, you know, quote, unquote, finance, a lot of times you don't know about tax. Taxes is a thing that I think a lot of people don't understand yeah, how it can help yeah, you build wealth. He said in the beginning, if you don't have a tax strategy, you don't have a wealth building strategy. Like, yeah. that's... 
that's the realest that's the realest thing in the world. If you yeah. don't have a tax strategy, you do not have a wealth building. And to me, what's interesting in, in hearing you talk is it's like a moving target. Like, pre- like the politicians come in and change, tax laws change, and you know, and I guess they do that to you know keep people in business. Whatever, whatever the reason is. Whatever your strategy was ten years ago may not be the same strategy you need to implement ten years, you know, yeah. now or right now, rather. So, it's like or a just, just just understand that you have to update it. Like real estate. So think about it like this: this country was founded on entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. right? George Washington them and his old apple tree and all that, or peach, whatever it was, right? They didn't steal the country from England just because they wanted to. They stole it because they didn't want to pay taxes. Yeah. And so everything in the system is about money, about entrepreneurship, about land ownership. Um, and so as long as you line yourself up to benefit from that, I think you got a head start. Yeah. A lot of us are starting behind the ACO because we think that, and I'm talking about our community now, but we think everything is about a job. No, because the job isn't necessarily an incentive when you talk about doing taxes, unless you are an employer. But here's the thing, like the one thing I want to leave everybody with. You, yes, you cannot have a wealth building strategy if you don't have a tax plan, tax strategy. But you cannot, I repeat, you cannot do tax planning after December 31st, 2008. You can't do tax strategy after December 31st. So you should be talking to your accountant, your tax pro multiple times throughout the year and sit down and don't try to take their brain, pay that person, pay that lady, pay that man, and, and get your tax strategy. You should get any what you pay them should be pennies on the dollar. Mm-hmm. And so pay them. You gotta spend the time. You gotta do the unfun things. I can't tell you how many business owners I talk to who have terrible books. They want to do tax strategy on March thirty first. Income tax to do April fifteenth. Yeah, right. they pull up. They pull up with a uh, like a shoebox full of receipts, right? And say, "Hook me up," as opposed to like focusing on it, like you know, year in and year out. Um, yeah, they yeah. want a Cinderella. They want a Cinderella story with their taxes. You know, they waited till midnight to file, but they didn't do the prior work. You know, ain't no magic slippers. Yeah, yeah. You gotta do the work. You got to do the work. Yeah, and that's the thing. I guess like once you once you do the work or whatever. Year after year, it should become easier, right? Like you know, you still have to do your check-ins or what have you, but right. you know, it's about getting it started, man. So listen, but isn't it funny? This last thing, but isn't it funny, right? I, I just want to say with Kobe passing, right? He talked about mama mentality. It was all about doing the work, and yeah. as you do the work and you're serious about the work, it becomes easier. Yeah, that doesn't mean you want challenges, but that correlates to everything in life. Absolutely. Doing the work. It definitely does. You create a foundation. Once you have that foundation, you can then create leverage. But you got to do the work. Absolutely. And the last thing I want to say is you you mentioned something that's very interesting, too. Um, In reading a lot of personal finance books, you always hear them talk about, like, uh, when it comes to taxes, how taxes are nothing but an incentive. Yep. Right? Taxes tell you exactly what the government wants you to do. So you follow the tax laws and do what they want you to do. The government will take care of you. That's right. You know what I mean? Like, and a lot of times that's why real estate is uh, holds such a special place for a lot of people, um, because it's not necessarily that real estate is better than this or better than that. Is that the banks and the government have a different relationship with real estate? So, well, if you look at real estate, and I know we're over time, but if you look at real estate, right? The other thing I always try to impress upon people is the multiplier effect. I know that sounds super technical, but it's not. It's basically if you put a dollar into it, can you get two? Can you get three? Mm-hmm. People know that real estate has a, a phenomenal multiplier effect. And that's what I meant by the bank's relationship with it. Right. I can go to the bank and say, hey, I want to borrow money. I want to, um, you know, I want to sell, uh, you know, water ice. Or I could tell them, hey, I want to buy this building. You know, it's, it's a whole different relationship. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's a whole different relationship that they have. But even um, when you look at it from the government's right? So the government always wants the economy to run and run strong. Real estate just the building of real estate creates how many jobs? Exactly. Making the foundation, the pouring the sheetrock, excuse me, not sheetrock, the concrete, to framing, and then hanging sheetrock and running wires and running, mm-hmm. like, putting the roofs. I mean, all the trades, the electricians, the, trades. the plumbers, your yeah. carpenters. Everybody eats. Everybody eats. Everybody eats. Yeah, so oh. it's, 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 its, own, it's its own sector. Right, and so when you have a strong real estate um, sector in your country, you tend to have a better 
healthier economy. And that's what the government wants. So like you say, you got to go along with the government. Yeah. And this is where, this is where most stock people say, but you can own real estate on the stock market. (laughs) No, I know you can. I know you can. I know you can, but I always find those uh, debates interesting. The stock versus real estate uh, debates. They're always interesting. I say do both, but that's just my personal opinion. Well, I think it's levels, right? I think if you really want to get into real estate, and I've been meaning to do a video on this, you can go buy some REITs or some developers in a stock market with a dollar, right? Mm-hmm. You can build that money up and then you can go buy a property. I've got several clients who've done that, either a property or start of a business, but they use the compound mechanism of stocks and dividends to do that. We've got to play the game smart. That's right. And that's what it's about. It's about understanding the rules and playing the game. Um, Kamari, we just want to thank you, man. Um, we're going to have you on here again before the year is out, man, just to debate something because we like debating with you, man. No debate today. No debate today. No debate today. No debate today. But we, 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 do, we do always love chopping it up with you because um, you always give us a different way to look at uh, and think about things when it comes to this uh, finance game. So that's always a positive, and we always learn from you. So I just want to say I appreciate you, man. And um, for the folks out there, we'll make sure we put all of his contact information. Check a look at what he's got going on online, too, because – um, he has one of the, the best Instagram pages there are, you know, the financial and guy. his YouTube page, his YouTube page yeah, is fire. Yeah, absolutely. His YouTube page is fire. Yeah, so we're gonna, so we gonna put all your links in there, man. Um, and just want to say thank you, man, because I feel like, um, and you know, this is February now, so people are going to be going around, you know, now they have some questions and things to talk to their account about. So thanks for all your knowledge, bro. I, I we really appreciate you, man. I'm honored, man, and I, I appreciate y'all. I appreciate what y'all doing. Y'all Instagram game is fire. Yeah, no doubt. Appreciate you that. You're on the same wavelength sometimes. But for some reason, y'all always beat me to the punch. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we be in our bag, man. But listen, though, for the folks out there, um, follow what Kamari's got going on. Uh, you know what I mean? So if you have any more questions, you can actually hit him up, too. Um, and just make sure that you have some sort of plan. That's all we're saying. And like, we want to make sure we bring people on that can give you information because if you don't know the rules to the game, then, you know, you're really out there. Like, you can't play a game without knowing the rules. So um, we want to say we appreciate you. Make sure you share this video. Hit the like button. Subscribe. Do all the great things. Um, but make sure you share this content the same way we share our ratchet content, which I don't have no problem with. I like watching that too. But um, just share this share this uh, content as well. Um, and as we always say, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates, man. And we'll see you all in the next episode. Peace.